What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Ravens Watch. We're doing this episode live. We don't typically do that, but I am joined by the Astral from Twitter. Uh, Astral has a really cool page where he focuses primarily on sort of the psychic experience. We're talking remote viewing, astral projection, things of that nature. And uh, we actually have a remote viewing session lined up that I'm hoping uh, as people join the chat, we'll be able to interact with. And by the end of the show, we're going to reveal uh, what was in the the envelope, what the uh, remote viewing target was. And we'll see, maybe I'll get it right, or maybe some of the audience will, but uh, we'll cross that bridge. Uh, Astral, would you mind introducing yourself for the people and letting everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me today. Really appreciate you having me on. So a, a lot of my activity is, is on Twitter. So if you go, I have my uh, tag here at the Astral. Uh, I do a lot of just psychic research and I also create music, so I do a lot of like music stuff and just uh, graphic design work, a lot of marketing stuff. I like to help out some organizations, and uh, I'm really into the science behind it. But I've also had experiences that have a lot driven a lot of my direction, um, so I can get into some of that today. Yeah, I actually think that would be a great place to start. Uh, typically, when I do my show, uh, whatever somebody's um area of expertise is if we're not doing a uh, a personal testimony because my show also does uh, supernatural testimony but we also do conspiracies and occultism and things of that nature and i always love to find out what is it in your particular case that set you on this route because i, I find with that question it always opens up this door to like well i've had a lifetime of, of just strange things that have informed my interests uh, as I go on throughout time. And so what is it that informed your interests? Well, really, for me, it was a precognitive dream. So I was in college and studying music production and music engineering, and I had a dream that I got robbed. So like in the dream, I came home from my apartment. I was living by myself at the time. And my most important th stuff then was my music equipment, you know, my gear, my hard drive, all of my stuff. And so in the dream, I come home and my door is propped open and I run in and like all my stuff is gone. And I realize I got robbed. And so I go in my room in my music studio and all my stuff. And so three days later, the actual event took place like the same thing. And so I came home, realized I got robbed, like went in my studio, all my stuff was gone. Luckily, like my backup hard drive that I hid a couple days before because of the dream uh, was still there. So that kind of, you know, after the, the traumatic experience and kind of, you know, coming down from that, I started thinking about the dream itself and I got really interested in, you know, precognition. And so I got, you know, really interested in extrasensory perception as well. So things like clairvoyance and um, telepathy. And so I, I, as I became interested in these topics, I wanted to not only experience them, but learn how it was tested, like the science behind it, like how were people actually studying this stuff? So that kind of just catapulted me into all of this paranormal stuff, UFO stuff, remote viewing. So I, the, the dream that you had, um, I, I imagine this sort of keys into um, there's no way in my mind that you can separate dreams and their importance from sort of this psychic phenomena. And I think psychic phenomena, may maybe there's a better terminology for it, but I'm using it in my mind as this blanket terminology that encompasses all of these various things like astral projection and remote viewing and things of that nature. And um, I have some interesting experiences that walk that line, you know, 
on one side, it's a dream. On the other side, it's some sort of partially waking experience. Um, and it's just, it's such a, a weird, enigmatic thing, dreams. It's something that we cast off kind of flippantly. And, and the other side of it, I think for people that want to look into dreams and, and maybe talk about their importance is really hard because for example, I've got like a dream dictionary, right? Yeah. But it's totally different from a dream dictionary that I had a probably about five years or four years ago, uh, where all the terminology was, was different. You know, this, this archetype in the dream represents something entirely different in one book from the next book. And so I guess that means that, and it makes sense. Your dreams are subjective and they, they depend entirely on you to, to unravel the meaning, but they feel so heavy. They feel so meaningful. I remember I had a dream once where I was, um, I must've been 16 years old and I'm on a pipe in the sky. Right. And I'm, I'm sort of, I don't know why I think it's a pipe. It's a narrow cylinder of possibly concrete and I'm sort of walking it and I'm carefree and it's not a big scary thing to me. Someone is behind me on this pipe and they are one naked uh, mm -hmm. and two gripping the pipe for dear life. So I, I turn to them and <laughs> this is what I mean where dreams feel so meaningful and so important, but I guess it really is subjective. I turn to this character and I say, I'm 16 years old. And I go, we have to make a pact, a pact <laughs> that we never forget where we came from. And then I, open up my arms and I fall off the pipe into the sky. I fall through the sky for some amount of time and then eventually into a large opening in the earth. And inside the opening is this gargantuan tree. It's got a, a trunk that's the circumference of a, a city or something like that. And there's all this sort of gold glitter dust pouring off the, the leaves and the branches, but it's all underground. And then suddenly I'm suspended in the air and I'm just floating there. That's it. The dream ends. I've got no idea where to put that, right? But this, to me, feels unbelievably important. So here I am, 33 years old. It's been 17 years since that dream, and it still feels important. But I, I, it's so hard to, to know where to put these things. That's why it's interesting when I see people like you who are exploring this aspect of life that many people write off of as non-existent. I can tell you from my own personal experience, it's very existent. It's just enigmatic and hard to define. Yeah. And I know from just personal experience, from talking with other people, dreams seem to be that one, a, a very easy connecting factor when you can talk to people about the dreams. Cause I feel like a lot of people, almost everybody has had not only like a very strong emotional carrying over dream, but some sort of like, either like lucid dream or precognitive dream. But I, I feel like lucid dreaming is like a superpower. Like if you're able to become aware in your dream and then start communicating with dream characters and like having a goal of like waking up in your dream. And then some people talk about healing themselves, like healing stuff. I really think a lot of the stories that I, and that's one of the favorite, my favorite things to do on Twitter as well is the host spaces and then like have experiencers talk about their experiences, whether it's paranormal or UFO or, um, you know, like shadow people or different type of the aspects of these things. Um, but they're very personal. And I think like same with like synchronicities where you could tell somebody about a synchronicity that you have, but it's so personal to you that you're like, you know, like my grandma told me that like five years ago, like you don't understand why 
it's it's that significant to you like you can only understand it and so same with the dreams i think there's like little things aspects of the dreams that you could take and you can take an effect in your life and so it would be very personal interpretation of those things too have you ever tried um astral projection oh yeah it, so astral projection was the first thing that after my dream i got really interested in and because I, somebody like suggested astral projection to me they were like have you ever heard astral projection i was like no but that's like the coolest word i've ever heard <laughs> what, like what is it and then I, and then i heard that people were intentionally having out-of-body experiences first reaction i was like that's bullshit like there's no way that people are like leaving their body and then flying off into this other dimension and like communicating and stuff so i was like i was determined and again i was in college so i was like not doing shit. i had like hours per day so i would like meditate like i got like from like no meditation that I would do or learning to like going to the bookstore and buying books on astral projection and like really reading it, but applying the steps that people said that you would need to go to. So like you get in a deep meditative state or you go through a process where like you wake up middle of the night and then you go somewhere and like take like a nap, but you go through a visualization process and there's sort of like stages that you hit where you recognize where you're at in the experience. And so I would start to go through these things. Like I would go into a deep meditative state and like disconnect from myself. Then you would go into a vibrational state and then an actual state where like you hear and see things and then a separation aspect. And so I went through all of that. And then one time I had a spontaneous experience where I just like woke up and I was outside my body and I was like, oh shit, like this is it. And it was so quick and it freaked me out so much that like I didn't try any of it for like a year. And it was like, it was like uh, people talk about like ontological shock of like, it's like, be careful what you wish for, you know, like you go out searching for this experience and then it actually happens and you're like, damn, like this is real. So I, throughout like the next year or two, I had about like 10 out of body experiences in lucid dreams, but now, so I'm, I'm much more interested in like testing it or like getting evidence of it, you know, to like a, a broader, a more larger audience. But uh, for me personally, I've had like 10 out of body experiences and and uh, lucid dreams. And when you say uh, 10, are, are any of these recent? No, I, 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 cause I have a couple kids now and you know, like my schedule is just like kind of so busy. And I also attribute it because some people are like, like you would figure you would progress to this like astral projection master as you go along. I see it much more as like your mindset at the time. So if like you are much more motivated to have the experience or like some people like hear a song or like see a movie and they're motivated like, damn, like I'm like motivated to do this again. And I feel like in your mindset of wanting and in, in, in the curiosity to experience is just as important as like you progressing through this like like karate or taekwondo type of way. You know, I, I, I would very much like to get your thoughts on this because I have, um, it's, it's funny because the way you described it being in college, having nothing but time on your hands, I didn't exactly go to college, but during the age where I should have been in college, I was homeless, which also means I had a lot of time on my hands. Mm -hmm. And I too started to do this thing where, um, one night in particular, we were, <laughs> This is a for for my for my listeners who don't know me. This is going to be a, a a wild thing, but uh, I was squatting in an abandoned house with my uh, with my cousin, and who was also homeless. And we were homeless because we were stupid. Uh, me more so than him. I was homeless because I just didn't want to go to school and didn't want to go to work. And my mom was like, "Well, then you can kick rocks." And I was like, "All right, fair enough." So 
we're in this abandoned house and there's no electricity or anything like that. I just couldn't get to sleep one night and it's pitch black and I've got nothing but just it's as dark with my eyes open as it is with my eyes closed. So I close my eyes and I start focusing on and I don't know why I did this. Um, Truth be told, I might have been incredibly high. I probably was smoking a lot of weed and just, you know, was wired up all night. And so I start focusing on a singular point in the blackness, which is, you know, a little bit tricky because it all is pretty uniform looking. But I'm still, to the best of my abilities, picking a singular point and focusing on it. And over time, what ends up happening is I think everybody's familiar with this. There is sort of expanding and contracting, I guess, color, you could say that, right? Because when you close your eyes, it's not entirely nothingness. There is aspects of light getting through, sort of blobs of color, if you want to call it that. What happens is if you focus on it long enough, it starts to actually push it away, almost like they're clouds. And eventually it's replaced with, and I can still do this to this day, but we're going to get to in the second half of my rant here, why I don't. Um, it's replaced with this sort of wheeling of stars where everything looks like stars, like as if you're in a first person point of view and you're <laughs> hauling ass through outer space. That's the only way that I could describe it. Um, and it's hard to control, but it it makes your eyes exhausted. There's a lot of like almost rolling back and, and vibrating of the eyes. Um, and you, there are some visuals that I can remember seeing little twisters, uh, Bigger bodies, smaller bodies that I, I thought were like stars and planets. I don't know. Um, the problem with it is once you get there, it becomes very easy to go there every time you close your eyes. So I'm trying to go to sleep. And every time I close my eyes, I've got like this whole, you know, uh, what are those things that you a kaleidoscope of, yeah. of outer space before my eyes, which becomes very exhausting. But the real reason I don't do it anymore is because it had like a creepy aspect. What I was worried about was engaging in something that I did not have any information about. I didn't know what I, I knew that it was a thing that I could repeat. I knew that it seemed to have served no purpose because it was never like an end goal or something that I saw at the end. I knew that I was very awake while it was happening. Um, but I also couldn't shake this sort of creepy feeling. Is there, in your opinion, um, a danger at all in exploring these things because it seems like it's it's an innate aspect of of the human experience um i i am of the belief that some people might be able to do certain aspects of of a psychic phenomenon better than others but i do think it's something that you can train and i suspect that probably the vast majority of humans can do something along those lines but when you start to do that is there any um my show focuses heavily on the paranormal and so I think there's all kinds of creatures in various realms that we don't necessarily have access all the time. Is there any part of your understanding that suggests there may be some danger? Yeah, yeah. And I think just that and even my research on just non-human intelligence, you know, people's contact with non-human intelligence and the different types of entities that people would um, be in communication and in contact with from gray aliens to light beings. Uh, and I think that there is, to me, just through my all of my research and experience, there the, a lot of the negative stuff to me at this time, and I, I'm very flexible with my views on it, but a lot of it seems mental in that, you know, like you won't go, go do an astral projection and wake up and like your arms missing or like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're physically hurt. So I think a lot of the stuff 
is just kind of mental, but it is, it does affect you. Like mental health is a thing. And I think that like, whether or not you have the ability to like prevent these experiences, block them out, not pay attention to them or interact or like attract them, you know, of like, it's kind of like the Ouija board thing. Like I've never done a Ouija board. It's like kind of like the one thing that I've never done. And everybody who's done it is like, no, don't do it. But if I did try it, is I that, is that like, why you don't? probably at this point i think like if if i if somebody like brought it out just spontaneously at a party like i'd probably do it but i'm not like going out and like trying it you know like you know like just to do it but i think that like if i was going to do it i'd be real like apprehensive and kind of scared that of negative stuff because of what people have told me about it already so it's kind of like your mindset going in can also affect the experience that you have at the same time but I do think that there are negative sort of entities out there and they seem to do pay attention to what either specific humans or like humanity in general. And so I don't know, like the type of influence I personally myself have never had, like the worst experience that I've had paranormally actually involved another human where it was like the guy who robbed me was at my apartment a couple weeks before. And I got this like weird feeling like super ultra weird and negative. And so I'd never had that before. And I hadn't had any of those type of experiences like, with my dreams or out of body experiences. And so that was kind of like um, just a different perspective of it, of like the type of kind of reads that I get on people or on experiences. There, in my opinion, has to be something to all of this. When you consider that at some point, we definitively know that there was a tremendous amount of government funding going into finding out whether or not these sort of latent human psychic abilities were viable uh path of research allegedly since then they've stopped funding those sorts of programs but i don't think that that's true at all I'm, and i don't think that that's a shocker to most people i mean the government if they found that it did work immediately would shut it down you know so that it was no longer on the list of things that tax dollar uh funding was going to and i think that alone suggests to or should suggest to people who flippantly dismiss it that like wait hit the brakes here because there is something going on and you spoke earlier about synchronicities um i think we all have had those moments where you know a song is in your head and suddenly the person next to you is singing it or yeah. you're thinking about an individual and suddenly that person is calling you or you know, you see a series of numbers over and over again that are relevant to you somehow uh, in the moment that you're thinking about it. There is sort of these uncanny moments. Even even the feeling of deja vu is a feeling that everyone can. I, and I personally think deja vu is some sort of a psychic phenomenon. It's a feeling that everyone can relate to, but on paper should be the strangest enigma why on earth does everyone know what the feeling of time repeating feels like? Like that is a bizarre, it's one thing to feel upset. It's another thing to feel happy. It is a totally different thing to internalize the feeling of mm, time is on a <laughs> time is on a loop. I've been here before. So yeah. when people dismiss psychic uh, phenomenon, I think they have, uh very effectively drown out all the the noise all the little synchronicities all the unexplainable strange happenings that that happen in everyone's life all the time uh but 
in order for you to say there's nothing to the psychic phenomenon, you have to chuck that stuff out because even yeah. that is is drops in a bucket. You know what I mean? It's drops that everse, eventually burst the dam where you have to sit back and you go, I don't have a way to define all these things, deja vu, synchronicities, all these things like that. Um, but they're certainly happening and they certainly feel like they're part of something much bigger. And like I said, uh, at the top of this rant, the government saw fit to dump, you know, who knows, untold millions or billions of, of taxpayer dollars into studying the psychic phenomenon. And you have um, things like the Montauk Project, right, which is what Stranger Things is based off of this idea that you they are experimenting on children through physical trauma in order to um, unlock latent psychic abilities in human beings there that has been uh the stuff that good shows and good movies are made out of and when that yeah. kind of happens over and over again you go that's for a reason that's that's a a real thing to a degree in in montauk new york on this little island there is a military base that supposedly has you know however many floors that go underground that we don't know about where they were experimenting on children and people would report seeing children walking around the woods in medical garb as if they just escaped some sort of lab um there is certainly something to it so so well even with remote viewing you have this like yeah the remote viewing well that program. is that was 20 years and 20 million dollars that they i mean uh, publicly invested into yeah it. so and you know if they're telling us 20 million dollars it's it's way more it's oh yeah, so yeah. much more than 20 million dollars <laughs> you know my my grandmother uh she passed away too young and uh i only knew her till i was six years old before she passed away i was able to go through some of her stuff and i found this handwritten paper on remote viewing and um yeah, yeah it was really cool she had excellent handwriting so it just the whole thing was so cool to find it felt like this really goonies moment of, of uncovering it was in a dusty old briefcase um and i don't know why grandma saw fit to to handwrite it but needless to say, this has been something that's fascinated me for a long time. What what do you know about remote viewing? Because from the outside looking in, it is a uh, plays a large role in in your interests and the things that you talk about on Twitter. Uh, you go as far as to have remote viewing sessions where people try to guess what it is that the target is. Uh, so how how did that start for you, and and why specifically is that the one that you seem, or maybe I'm wrong in saying, uh, most driven towards? No, no, definitely. And I think for me, the reason why is, is in remote viewing is the best way to test out anyone psychically or to test yourself psychically. And it's very easy to do. Everybody could do it. It doesn't take but two people to do it. And there was a there to me, that's the type of program that has the most declassified information about the government's sort of like exploration of of this topic of psychic phenomenon because it was right after they sent somebody to the robert monroe institute and also because soviet union had their own psychic program and so they you know we were like oh shit like they've got psychic spies like we have to get them and so we started hiring people within our government to remote view or basically describe these locations and so we they would be given coordinates and targets and these people would have an in like unbelievable accuracy at at describing these targets and there were some instances where they were given a target 
and they would describe a secret location that they shouldn't have even known about. So it was like a, a, a hidden base that was classified and they were describing files within the file drawer. I mean, that crazy where they were like, and, and so we sort of had to take it very seriously, but it had to be ultra classified because then they were like, well, can somebody just remote view the nuclear codes? Uh, you know, stuff like that. I, I don't think it's got to be that, you know, I don't think people are that good. Um, so no, <laughs> no worries there. But I do think that people were incredibly good in being able to describe from like a sky view or, or something, a location. So one of the famous remote views, they were able to describe uh, a submarine that was one mile inland and that was inside of a bunker. And so, you know, the, the remote viewers were given these locations, they were able to describe them. And then throughout the years, they were able to gather enough intel to find out what um, these locations actually were. So that went on for 20 years. And now there's actually just a lot of groups that are testing remote viewing. They're very serious about it. Some are using it for try to make like money off of it, which is difficult in itself. But I think there there are still ways that people are looking at real applications for remote viewing. But, you know, I was like, let me try on Twitter, like to get people together and to do a very simple exercise where somebody could just test it out doing it the first time or they can come back and, and try it for a couple of weeks to see if they're any good. So I've been doing it actually for about a year every week on Twitter. I'll have this envelope, same thing that I have right here. And what I'll do is I'll put a picture inside the envelope. So I'll actually have somebody else. I won't, I don't know what the picture is inside here. I'll have them select randomly like one of four pictures and they print it out and again, put it on this envelope. I'll make an identifier number just to have here to have an identifier. But I think some people are like, we need your location. Like I need to know where you live. I'm like, no, you don't, <laughs> but no, 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 no. But, but the envelope, if it has an identifier location that identifies directly with target, you can associate that and do it a, an actual exercise with remote viewing. And so what you really want to do is describe what picture you feel like is in that envelope. So a lot of people draw it out, have a blank piece of paper, have a pencil, you know, kind of have a pencil drop method where first thing that comes to mind, sort of like an intuitive thought, and they really try and go with that but a lot of remote viewing is is learning yourself in the information that you're getting so if you go through a deep meditative process for 20 minutes and then you you're getting some tidbits of information or you feel like some visualizations you write those down and then after the 10th time you maybe can see okay the stuff that i got in the beginning seems to be more accurate than the stuff i get at the end and so it's a way to like kind of see your psychic ability to work with it over time i related a lot to remote viewing with baseball so with baseball, you have like an average, you have a batting average, you're good or not. And you can be able to see, you can test yourself based, you know, how many, however many trials that you do. Um, and you can compare it to what you're supposed to get. And you can see over time if you're any good, if you have any of the psychic ability or, um, you know, you're just like everybody else. Like me. I, I don't feel like I'm a good remote viewer, but I like, I like doing it. It's fun. I have just even the thought of trying to do it, right? is and i think this is probably most people it's like you have an initial thought and then you second guess it immediately and then you bet you know you go back and forth with that and you're like should i expand on that or was that just the first thing that i was fucking thinking i think we get in the way this filter yeah. that we have gets in the way uh and 
when I was a kid, I I had this weird dream once that um to give you the shorthand of it, I was shiny in the dream and then I became not shiny uh by the end of the dream. And I remember thinking at like 6 years old that I wasn't shiny any this is literally a, a six-year-old thing it is i wasn't shiny anymore because i went to school and now i'm learning math and and stuff like that and that is a different part of me and it and it's and it's sort of smothering the other part i thought that when i was a kid to you know whatever the dream meant i don't really know but i do think that we're inundated we're no longer a, a spiritual people right especially here in in the west uh we're pretty lost spiritually and i think that we put all of our emphasis in 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 regards to teaching children on the hard facts and you know even right now we're not doing too great at that uh with common core math and everything but there is no emphasis on really anything else but the tangible and i think we're doing ourselves a massive disservice because like we said at the top of the show you can dismiss it all you want but there is a body of evidence, small cracks in the dam over time that build up and build up that to me, I don't need the dam to burst in order to realize there is certainly a, a spiritual aspect to this existence and we're neglecting it entirely. Um, when Could you explain maybe what the process looks like? Because I know you're saying things like clear your mind and even that is sort of enigmatic for people. Sure. I can't clear my mind. I don't I don't necessarily think that that is what people mean when they say it, right? And I think what people really mean is sort of a um maybe focus on your breathing because I can't have a a, a blank mind. That is a very difficult thing to do. But I can kind of get down with like focus on nothing other than your breathing kind of a deal. Yeah, I think to it's almost like getting into like a flow state where you're optimal being able to focus, but still relaxed. And I think that um, with remote viewing, there's there's things called protocols, which are the way that you actually test it, the the actual remote viewing or the, or the psychic ability. And then there's like the method, which I think we're talking about of the method of you getting into the state where you feel like you can get that information best. And uh, whether it's like sitting back and being relaxed and like, just like, like you said, working on your breathing, or there's this thing called the Gonsfeld room where it's like a, a recliner. You put like ping pong balls over your eyes and you have like this red light and this white noise being played. And so that is supposed to put you in the optimal state for, and, the, and then people would test remote viewing sessions or test that under that sort of state. And so it's kind of like finding these different stimulations or also like uh, going to like a float tank, you know, of like, I was DCD. just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, the, it's almost like exploring that aspect of it, not only what's going on mentally, but like if there was a way to do different things, you know, before or during when you're uh, trying to get in that state of testing out what your uh, uh, different te results are. So yeah, that's like, that's, that's the cool part about it is exploring that. I never thought about that. And as soon as you said the flow state thing, that really clicked for me because I, over the past few years have really come to terms with like, there is a state that you can access. Um, and this isn't, you know, my own, this is something that I got from Rogan, but this, this state that you can enter where like, you can kind of do uncanny things. I I've been there before. Uh, I've been a martial artist for s probably six years now, seven years. Um, 
honestly, if I'm being perfectly honest, some of the most obvious times I've ever been in a flow state are beer pong. And as silly as that sounds, um, I'm a 33 year old man. And yeah, I still, I'll have my family over and I'll force other adults and my, my aunts and everything to play beer pong with me because it's just, it's fun. Um, and I think once you get a little bit of beer in you and you have this atmosphere of relaxing and having fun and not, not overthinking things, then all of a sudden magic starts happening. I I've made shots where I've closed my eyes and I've still made the shot. And I moved in such a way that after I closed my eyes and, and, and threw the pong ball, I almost knew that it went in and like opened myself up for the applause afterwards. There is certainly a state that you can get yourself in. Sound like you're playing cornhole. Yes. I love <laughs> cornhole. Did I have, actually mine got a, uh, mine got rained on. So I got to get a fucking new one. It got all swollen from the water. But, um, it's just hilarious to think that I've been wasting my flow state on like fucking beer pong when I could have been, you know, envisioning nuclear like, yeah. codes. Yeah, it's just something way fucking cooler. Like, I feel like God is up there. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of alcoholics in a flow state. But I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that, man, if you were to, um, do you, do you know, uh, alpha brain? No. Oh, uh, I think I've seen a, like different ads for it or something. Yeah, Alpha Brain is is um I don't get paid by them. So, Alpha Brain is is a is a product by a company named On It and it's supposedly this herbal supplement that gets you into a flow state. Now, I take Alpha Brain before every single podcast because it helps with my like verbal acuity and my recall on certain words. So, just so I'm not like what's that word? Um um yeah. it kind of eliminates that for me and it's really nice. Uh and there has been times where I've used it, used it and you know, maybe ended up playing beer pong. He did a really good job. I, I can't help but wonder, like, if you did the right combination of things, you just said going into um, a float tank. I just said using alpha brain. Uh, you're welcome, Joe Rogan. I don't <laughs> just that's all his shit. Uh, but I couldn't help but wonder, like, if you set up the, the right circumstances, sort of deading all that white noise, all that extra input, that extra stimulus uh, and you know, even I mean, there's times where I think there has to be some bearing on it. Like I can't do a podcast after I've eaten because when I when I eat a lot, I'm kind of exhausted. And I'm just not as sharp. I'm like digesting. I'm kind of lazy. I'm not really paying attention. So if you were in the optimal state, how much would that affect your abilities or remote view? You sent me some images before. And you've sent me one in the past. And the one in the past I thought was really cool. I think it was a, a pine cone one. But I'm not yeah. going to lie. The ones that you sent me earlier, um, they were really, I was like, holy shit, that, that's very close. And what I'm talking about for the audience is um, Astral has some photos of the target and what someone guessed. And a couple of them are like, would you mind bringing those up? If you go to um, present at the bottom and screen share and then if you could just click on the the chat that you and i have together on on twitter <clears throat> but i was actually kind of floored with the um the accuracy of of some of them are you able to find it yeah i'm just bringing it up okay i'll pull it up on my page because i can imagine that if you're guessing now number one some of these targets are very specific it's not like I don't, I don't know, uh, something general, like a balloon, a red balloon. Uh, they are much more specific. And the attempts that people have made, at least the ones that you showed me, are 
I would say pretty spot on. I know it was in our yeah yeah Twitter chat. I just don't want to show too much of. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, you got to be careful with that. I think I can approve. You know what? I should have done this myself. I, I was like, I've never done this before. I'm gonna let him. Put this. <laughs> I'm gonna put this all on Astro. Yeah, that's cool. We can that. <clears throat> okay, cool. Alpha brain here. Let me put this up real quick. Alpha brain don't work for me, but I get the same benefits you do from cordyceps mushrooms. I've actually heard that a lot. Um, that microdosing cordyceps mushrooms will increase sort of uh, latent psychic abilities. All right, here we go. So you have what you want pulled up. I'm going to add it to the stage right now. So boom. So this one I thought was interesting, right? Because yep. what they're depicting there is very much a tunnel. Um, you could see how that would be interpreted as a tunnel. And so that one I thought was pretty cool. But let's see. Oh, There's another one there. Let me see. Yeah, let's let's go to the next one. And for the listeners, this is really something on you. Now, this is interesting, right? So the target was a tree with a tire around it. I guess the tree was planted there and then grew within the tire. And so what they drew on the napkin was a tree. That's very spot on. The sun, which is interesting just because of a you know it being a circle but then they drew this checkerboard kind of image that stretches off into the distance but to me that really speaks to the tread on the tire so i mean that one is pretty close uh and and a little uncanny can you go to the next one yep now okay so this is interesting because yeah. they <laughs> All right. They said number one is the sound of water drops rippling. And am I to understand that the the image actually was uh, whatever that orange ball the dropping orange. into the water is? Yep. This is probably one of the best I mean, ones for a while. Yeah, this is a good one. And, and so when they say number two, uh, then orchestra theater like. Well, I think they're saying it, I think maybe number 20 or they're. Uh, just drawing out a shape. Um, oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. But but I mean, or, for the orchid, first response to yeah. say, "Oh yeah, sound of water drops." That's fucking uncanny. I mean, that's and then exactly, they shared the picture underneath of the water droplet dropping. That's what confused me. I didn't know because I was like, "That is almost the same picture, just minus the ball." I don't know if that was the pic. Like, I didn't understand that. So that's them. Yep. Adding so that picture shared, for context. And then the sec. So then they said the water sound dropping. So the first picture or um, correlates to that. And then number two, then an orchestra theater like is what they got for the their second kind of impression. So those two That's things were their submission. And then this was the actual target photo. What was inside the orange dropping into the water? What is that like for you? Like when you get these submissions now, it's weekly. I mean now you know when i first started the first week on twitter that i started doing it there was probably 20 to 30 people now there's like 200 to 300 people that will do it so it's almost like a weekly occurrence will someone and a lot of the time with the first advice that i give to people is draw it out like take the time if you really are trying to do this because some people will be like tree you know or like write it down like write one thing or just comment but if you really want to try it like the most interesting submissions are always the ones that are drawn out and so it's been really interesting to see more and more people 
start drawing them out and then compare it. And then in the space, we talk about it. So people will jump up and be like, oh, this time I got this impression or like I did this this time. So it's like an interactive conversation when people can see their submissions and then be like, oh, like and, and a lot of times we'll have remote viewers come in and give like advice uh, for for, you know, other people, too. So it's really cool to have like this interactive part of it. Can we let's go to the next image? Yep. I think there is one more, right? Oh, there's two more. This was crazy because to me, it is the same image just turned on its side. Yeah. Like I could see. So for the audience who's just listening, the target is a, a very aggressive kind of thorned branch. So it's it's just a zoomed in section of a branch uh, with some really heavy thorns on it. And the submission from uh the person who's guessing is sort of a landscape there's a river running through it but i would say the most predominant features are pointy palm pine trees and mountainscapes in the back now the thing about the target image is if you turn it on its side it looks just like a landscape filled with mountains and pine trees um obviously you know you can tell by looking at it that it's actually thorns but you could also tell how somebody might mistake it for a field of pine trees. I, I, I thought this was one of the more compelling ones because that was like they were so wrong and also so right at the same time. It's really yeah. kind of a little bit of poetry there. Here's the uh, the last one that you were talking about. The buddy. Right. One. And this and, is this. one. So was, you've got was really interesting because it was also live the uh one of the the person who was going through an instruction who his name is alien protocols everybody knows him as buddy uh who's actually a really really good actor he was one of the bad guys on like the gotham series and always on like a couple movies so he's a funny funny great guy a lot of advice but he's actually a really good remote viewer so he came on and gave some advice and then just like kind of spur of the moment did his own remote viewing live like 20 seconds he described it and he was like circular that's i'm getting brown i'm getting trees and like did it spot on and also drew it and so this was his actual submission that he was drawing at the time so it was pretty incredible like to hear all that live and then to see the target being revealed yeah because what he's done is he's really captured the the sort of rudimentary elements of it right so what you've got is like a sort of a top-down view you've got the same semicircle cutout that this pine cone is sitting on uh he's also depicted it in the correct position according to you know the edges of this semicircle it is sort of um if you had an artist who was going to you know those really phenomenal pencil drawings that look like yeah. real life this is what they would have drawn first and then they would add all the detail to it to create the image that's above it and so while it's not exactly the image of a pine cone set upon a stump that's been cut down uh it is the building blocks for it in the exact proportions and places where everything should be. So that was really, that's really strange. Who the hell is that guy? He's good. And and that's the cool thing is people will come in and they'll find out that they're good. So they'll come back after 10 times and they'll have, you know, so here's, if you want to judge it, say you wanted to see like if you were good or not, what you would do. And this is the kind of like my next step that I would like to do to build out is okay so we've got this 
envelope for anybody who wants to try as well. If you want to try, you know, before we jump off, feel free because I'm going to reveal it in about 15 minutes here what's inside the envelope. But if you wanted to judge it and see if you were good, what I would do is I would take the photo that's inside this envelope. So the actual target and then those three other photos that my friend was going to select as the possible target. And I would have those four photos together. Then I would take a third party judge. So somebody that doesn't know anything about the trial, what they would do is they would look at your submission. So the thing that you just drew on that piece of paper, they would say, okay, this is what they were trying to draw. They would look at those four photos. They would be just totally random to them. And they would say, okay, they're trying to draw this one. If they pick the actual target that's in the envelope, it's a hit. If they don't, it's a miss. Technically, if you just guess, if the judge guessed, it'd be 25%. So you're comparing your hits over time to 25%. So if I'm if I do it 10 times and I get six of and the judge gets different judges, get it six of the, the 10 targets, the 60% compared to 25%. That's a pretty good job of doing remote viewing if you're around 25 percent, that's just average that's what you're supposed to do so you're not you know it's not like good or bad but i think some people put a lot into the one time they do it where again it's like baseball you can go up to the plate you know not have a good at bat but the next 10 times you do well so you really can't judge or gauge if you're a good remote viewer based off of one time but there are ways that you can over time see if you're good yeah i i, I went through um Something when I was younger, um, you know, very similar to around the time that I was trying to do that sort of meditative process where I was seeing stars. And I wanted to so badly be able to do telekinesis. I just hit this stage in my life where I was like, fuck a telekinesis is real, dude. And I want to be able to do that shit. And so I spent a really long time watching all these videos on how you're supposed to do it. And, you know, there was all this stuff about like, try to roll a pencil, try to start with something small that doesn't weigh a lot. And I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. And I was getting so yeah. disheartened, but I, I had a lot of time on my hands. So I kept lowering the ante until eventually I got to a cotton ball and I couldn't move the cotton ball, but I did start to notice that one particular string on the cotton ball would react to, I guess, probably, um, the electrostatic field on your body. I think that's really what was happening, but I sat there for so long getting my finger kind of close enough to this string that it would react but still far enough away that i wasn't physically touching it and then i'd wake up my girlfriend and be like look, look what i can do but i think <laughs> and then and then i gave up after i was like this is stupid it's only a string <laughs> if it is a thing that you can do it only stands to reason that repetition is what's necessary right like you anything else if you want to be able to run far or jump high you've got to put in the work, right? If you want to lift more weight, you've got to put in the work. So it would stand to reason that it's the exact same thing with this. So yeah, doing one remote, like I've already decided in my mind, what day do you do these, these, uh, these Thursday, sessions, these Thursdays, Thursday, uh, usually Thursdays. around like, uh, eight to nine o'clock Eastern time that go for a couple hours. But I, okay. I post okay. a target, I post, I post a target on Tuesdays. So give it, I gave a couple people a couple days and you don't have to be there live. You can always just do it. Um, you know, just send in, but I just give the platform for people to send in their submission to, and then to check it. So then nobody can be a lot of people after the fact are like, we'll send me the picture yeah. and be like, look what I did. I'm like, well, you didn't post it, bro. So it's not, doesn't have the same, like, you're not, that's impressive to me. Cool. But like everybody else is going to be like, you didn't post it. Like you're just, I don't believe it stuff. though. If you were, yeah. if you were even a little bit psychic, you'd at least have that sort of 
uh, foresight <laughs> to, to be like, all right, yeah. I have to submit this photo before everybody thinks that I'm a goddamn liar. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to tune in on on Thursdays and and try my hand at it because, like I said, my my grandmother used to write um, papers on it. She was very much uh, she thought she was a clairvoyant. She had like a cliche kind of crystal ball. Um, so these sorts of things have always been interesting to me. Um, I would like to know what what do you think is in the envelope? Well, I I, I want to go through it right now because it'll if anybody's going to try it then i don't want to influence oh it's going to taint their ideas yeah, so here, here's one of the the challenges for me is technically if you're doing the remote viewing on twitter you don't want to look at anybody else's submission before the target's revealed because a lot of the times what happens is say you draw something like somebody's face or something and then you go on and you're like okay i'm sending in my submission let me just check out the other submissions and then one of them is like a face like the exact thing you draw it's that's already a connection there that's going to like make it more powerful than the actual target. So it's already it's like influence. Um, it's already affecting what could be your trying your goal is. Um, so that's like a challenge already in itself. And then there's people who will go on like the funniest stuff is like I love when people go on and they're like, I'm actually at your house right now. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, all right, chill out, bro. Like, <laughs> but it's always funny. It's those are those are the good laughs, right? It's like, okay, yeah, yes, like yeah. Well, what shirt am I wearing? Like <laughs> Well, that's what but, I, I I see. I love this stuff, but I have to admit that the, there is a certain community around it. Um like okay yourself for example it's good to see a normal fucking dude just doing some look here's a middle envelope it's got something inside we're gonna do this every week you don't have to i don't see you surrounded by crystals nothing against crystals i found out recently they're pretty cool and i'm into them all right and i'm, I'm not mad at the crystals but you're not surrounded in them you're not wearing like a flowing scarf right yeah. you don't even have long <laughs> hair dude and that is all really comforting stuff because the community of spirituality has been tainted by characters and yeah. and look maybe that is uh the nature of it maybe there's a correlation between interest and maybe even psychic ability and people who are um eccentric i i think that there's a reason my my, my grandmother was very like that she was really into fashion she was like a really heavy character like she had a lot of personality and i know i mean she had a crystal ball it doesn't even matter if she had crystals because she had a crystal ball she skipped right over the crystal part and went for the ball part so i mean maybe there is a correlation there and that's why we get this but i think so many people are off put by the community around it and there is sort of this um kind of theatrics woo woo aspect to it and i think right now what the community needs more than ever is what the government did like let's study this let's see what's repeatable let's yeah. remove all of the baggage and if we find out in the, the future that the baggage was part of it that's fine but in the meantime it needs to be palatable for the individual who doesn't want the circus that's around it you know what i mean and i do think genuinely um and i have to imagine in what you do you, you probably come across a lot of psychics or would-be psychics have you ever found anybody that threw you for a loop Oh, all the time. And I think the, it, it surprises people, I think, when they learn how skeptical I actually am <laughs> because I'm called the astral and people are like, oh, he must like, you know, like do all this stuff with new age and be all this. But I, in reality, I'm a very skeptical type of person. I, I, I focus a lot on the research and like gathering data and 
Um, but I do, I do, I'm very open to listening to people's experiences and taking that into account. So I have like a very large totality of information that I take in. Um, but I have gone to a lot of events where people will psychic, like to me, the, anybody psychic, the, the most credible psychics have never charged anything. They're not like out Mm. here charging people before they give their, and I'm talking about like Edgar Casey, people like Edgar Casey, Alex Tannis, and people who would go off of donations. So they, it wouldn't like, they weren't like doing it. They were just like purposely being, you know, struggling, but they would take donations or any support that they would. But a lot of the time, like I have had some people give me readings, not live, like on the spot, but like, tell me things where they were like, Oh, I'm going to a credible psychic. And of course I'm going to be like, okay, well, like I want to like tell have him tell me something that's like going to be significant. And a couple of times, like they've told me something like, you know, like a health injury or something like, uh, like a lungs, or you got to pay attention to this. And I'd be like, Oh shit. Like that might have some correlation there. So there might, you know, I do think that there are some credible people. And one of the things that I think also shows is that they are also willing to be scientifically tested. So like how parapsychology started was that scientists and researchers wanted to bring channelers and mediumships into the lab and kind of study this so that they can generate journal articles and academia could get respect for what's going on. And it turned into uh, studying psychic phenomenon, ESP, like telepathy and clairvoyance and all that sort of stuff. So I think people expect for like this, like, fantastical event to happen when people are doing psychic stuff but like you and i have been talking about it's like very subtle things like synchronicities and you think of something with telepathy or you can test yourself and like getting some elements from the envelope that that kind of like you're getting it's like something is there it's like we're just beyond the veil of something being there and so i think people when they talk about it that haven't experienced it or haven't done much research they want this like fantastic thing to happen for them so that'll prove it but I think it's more of like you genuinely becoming curious and, and exploring these topics yourself, whether it's through research, reading books or like going out and trying to experience these type of events. And uh, I think that's one of the keys to it for me. I just got back from New Orleans recently and I saw a, um, a psychic there and I got a, a tarot reading and um, and he did charge me quite a bit. He was not on donations, but <laughs> good dude, solid dude. God bless him. He was in New Orleans. So everybody's got their thing that they're, you know, you got to make a buck out in New Orleans. It's a, yeah. it's a wild city. And, uh, and he did tell me some really compelling things. And it wasn't that there was this overt, like blow your hair back psychic moment, but it was very personal where, and I think that that is, is a type of psychic connection where he, that it, he felt to me like I was talking to someone who knew me intimately. Mm. And that's a weird thing because, I mean, typically you talk to most people, they don't know you from Adam. And so, and you know that, that's just the normal. But to get this impression that a complete stranger knows you on some intimate level uh, and is aware of like the nature of my, I don't know, life struggles or interests and things like that uh, was compelling you know so i think it just speaks to what you were saying where uh these things are much more subtle now i'm not saying that you can't go and have an experience with a psychic that's not going to blow your hair back and they're going to say some really wild shit i haven't found it yet and i'd be very interested in talking with you off air if you know anybody because i want to get a psychic on the show but i want it to be somebody who wants to be here and and who is willing to i'm not here to vet anybody 
but I'm also not here to like have a what would you say like a showman on yeah you know uh and so I want somebody who is uh wants to be here and and is willing to kind of go back and forth with me answer the questions and not hide uh for an hour and a half to two hours or something like that so uh, i'll definitely we'll talk off air about that but i know you only have uh, a few minutes here so how do we go about this uh remote viewing targeting yeah so i'll just in a moment here i'll take the envelope out and then just show you the target if anybody has gone and and done it uh or or made a drawing they can go ahead and compare it in the comments i will say just off of what we were talking about um, I've got a couple people in mind who I could recommend to you uh, to come on the show who I think would be who good, good, uh, good conversations. But one of the things that I'm paying attention to right now is is really the one of the only people that is funding research into these paranormal things uh, and UFO UAP research is Robert Bigelow. So Bob Bigelow. And I knew it. And what he's doing. So he went from from his aerospace company from like basically like building NASA, you know, of like com their compartments to totally focused on, he created this uh, institute called the Bigelow Institute of Consciousness Studies. And what he's doing, it's really interesting on the website, is they're paying mediums and channelers and people that are quote unquote getting information from the other side. They're gathering as many people's experiences that they, as they can about impending disasters that are happening in like the next 20 years. So they're basically crowdsourcing all these psychics and mediums, and they're going to they're going to pick out kind of commonalities and characteristics that pop up. So it's not of like selecting one psychic and being like, we're going to pay attention to them. It's gathering thousands of people's experiences and seeing all the trends that pop out and be like, hey, man, like everybody's talking about like a tsunami happening in 10 years or a war happening. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like using this like information that's kind of bleeding over from the other side to like gather to, to kind of like see what's going to happen impending for humans and, and earth and all this stuff. I think that's great because if you have a thousand people, let's say, you know, arbitrary number, a thousand people and, and you're taking all their psychic information, but you've got like, they're all over the map, except mm. for this one cluster of like, three to 400 people who are all saying this very same thing that that's compelling. And, and I would say that that is probably the most effective way. I would love to see if I get, I, I'm, I'm aware of Robert Bigelow. I love the, uh, the whole skinwalker ranch thing. Hmm. Um, you know, and I, I know all that stuff is, I'd love to have you back in the future to have another episode because yeah. I don't think you can separate the paranormal and the occult from psychic. I think yeah. that's all meshed together. It's all part of the same realm. It's all part of this, you know, human experience. And uh, and and so since they all go hand in hand, uh, oh, this we, is we didn't even yeah, get into UFOs, man. <laughs> of course, yes, uh, and conspiracy extremists. Yeah, if you want to <laughs> draw a picture, uh, and I would, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised quick. if conspiracy extremist gets it. He's a real yeah, one. Just draw. There's a hidden. It's a random photo, so it could be anything. It's basically a random photo online of hundreds of thousands of photos. And so I'll open up the envelope if you I'll give you like another minute or so if you just want to dabble. And a lot of the times people say they get it right off of their intuition. 
So if they sit there, like kind of like you were saying, like overanalyze it and like, wait a minute, was that it? Or like, yeah. maybe I should add something. Some people just make like three little things and and then they'll look at it and be like, there it is, you know, like. And I've, I've had the same thing in my head since we started the show and I can't let go of it. And so I'm just going to I have to go with that. Every time my <laughs> brain tries to think even a little bit, I get sucked straight back to this thing that I thought originally. So we're going to go with that. Uh, so, all right, you're gonna crack and it I'm, open, and I'm, and I'm double blind, so I don't know that the target is either. So that's the cool part is like during these things, is I don't know. Either. So, ah, oh, dude, I don't. All right, I'm still. You know what? I was thinking coconut <laughs> the whole fucking time. No. <laughs> <laughs> from the jump i was thinking coconut dude no i was thinking of a bear i was thinking of a brown bear in the grass by a river i just had fucking bear in my head at first i was thinking of the little cartoon bear and then i think it's hey, one of those the things four, where you, of the four you, words you just said you had four you have two of the four brown bear or brown grass <laughs> yeah 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 our green grass brown bear river the, the other half of the coconut consists it's a river okay this is what i was thinking about the whole time all right so every thursday you do one of these right yeah so tuesday i'll post it on my twitter i'll post the actual envelope so it'll just be a picture of an envelope with the number on it and people respond in the comments and if if you don't even feel like some people just send me messages like write me uh, just to test it for themselves or you know you don't even have to do that but then on thursday i'll reveal the uh, the photo all right here we go conspiracy uh -oh. extremist drew a q <laughs> that looks like a coconut he fucking wins dude that's it conspiracy extremist you won bro i'm funny. so mad you know how invested i got in that i was like it's a fucking bear dude i'm gonna crush this shit on my show i'm gonna see he's gonna show me a picture of a bear Confidence and there. i'm just gonna go Fuck yeah. <laughs> Yo, the, see, so that's i mean that would be that's the another thing that i would love to have is like people doing it live and then so if you did get that you'd have that live recording and be like flex oh. on everybody for that <laughs> i wanted it so bad dude i wanted it so bad i was like i don't even care what happens next man if i get this i'm stopping the whole show and i'm just putting that on my page probably three times right. a day every day <laughs> just keep posting that video of me fucking it's a bear <laughs> that would have been great uh, well listen it was awesome talking to you uh next time we'll definitely have to uh go a little bit longer talk about the yeah. aliens and stuff because i know that that's right up your alley too all of it yep. connects um you know a lot of these entities that people claim to uh experience or communicate with when they're astral projecting or you know any number of of site oh shit. <laughs> well hold on a second here because experience uh conspiracy extremist is going to dm me the picture so i i wouldn't be surprised he seems to be really nice. uh excited here <laughs> and uh his mind is blown so maybe maybe conspiracy extremist i know he's a lot of things he's a conspiracist and he's extreme but he's not a liar so if he sends it to me well i think and, that's and that's it looks like a people coconut can experience it you know people can do it for themselves and it's like i'm not trying to like fidget around with it you know like i didn't know that he was going to be here and do so it's like kind of like a personal confirmation type of thing where people can really try it for themselves and you'll see that like You'll get elements and you'll you'll get some of the picture, man. Well, the only thing that Ashrel did fidget with, I did notice that you had two photos in there. And I do believe you took the one that was a bear and you put it behind the <laughs> coconut and then you showed me the coconut. And I understand I can't get it right on the first right. shot and I'm, I'm willing to play this game again. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to have you on again. I'd love to talk about all Absolutely, kinds of man. stuff when it comes to the psychic yeah. realm. And every time we do this, we got to have one of these because I'm going to I'm telling you, dude, I'm going to get one live on the show and it's going to be the coolest shit in the world. Uh, Astral, Done. please tell the audience where they can find you. 
Yeah, yeah. So I have a just a website that you can check out all my stuff. It's theastral.com. And a lot of my activity on social media, you can find me on Twitter. It's at, at the astral. So at the underscore astral underscore. Thanks for having me on, man. This is awesome. A great conversation. Of course, brother. Thank you for uh, for giving me your time. And I look forward to doing it again. Uh, and just to the audience, um, I launched a new Twitter and a new YouTube for Nephilim Death Squad. If you guys can go and follow that so we can grow that page and we can start streaming there, that would be great. Uh, but Either way, thank you guys for tuning in. Astral, thank you for joining us. And thanks for swapping out that picture of the bear at the last second like I know you did. Uh, and until next time, have a good night, guys.